I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 244. Oh my God. The title of the first one that we're reading, literally the day before I leave. Haunted Motel Room in Gatlinburg. Oh shit. I literally <laughs> leave tomorrow for Gatlinburg. Hey, how do you like that? I know. Payback's uh-huh. a bitch. Remember that time I did a main episode story on a ship that sunk the day before Donna left for her cruise? If you haven't noticed, we're recording this early because, you know, I'll be gone when this comes out. Any who's it's first one. Hello, ladies. I wanted to write in to help with your story shortage and because the story freaks me out. It was about 17 years ago when I went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a honeymoon with my first husband. I had booked us a motel that looked really nice on the website, but was also very inexpensive. When we got there, we realized that there had been some really good photography because this place was really skeezy. The walls were cement. The rooms felt like a prison cell. We decided to stay, figuring that we'd be spending most of our time away from the motel anyway. At the end of our first night, we had some dinner in bed. My then-husband got on his laptop, and I fell asleep. The next thing I knew, I woke up screaming. My husband said that there had been a glittery cloud floating over my sleeping body. He said he put his hand through the cloud, and that's when I woke up screaming. The next morning, we were in town, and someone asked where we were staying. We said the name of the motel, and the person responded that it was haunted. The person said that a woman who worked in housekeeping had been murdered there. We later found out that our motel was part of the haunted Gatlinburg tour. I googled the place recently, and it's now closed down. Thanks for reading my creepy paranormal experience. Love your podcast. Sincerely, Regina. Well, did not know there was a Gatlinburg haunted tour. Adding that up to the list of things to do, maybe. That's so bizarre that that story is literally right as I'm about to leave. Yes. Maybe it came in at this time because I need to go on that haunted tour and I'll see something. Mm-hmm. Or give me some ideas. But I wonder how pretty the glittery like stuff was above you. Why glittery, too? That's interesting. Yeah. I hope that I glitter like that. You know who will? Jax, because he eats all of it. He really does. Y'all, Factor is back. And let me just tell y'all, there is a reason that it is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Because that is yummy. I'm telling you, it is so good. I have not had a bad meal yet. I've been taking it to work and everybody's like, what are you eating? It smells so good. And I'm like, because it actually is so good. Yes. I was not expecting it to be so freaking yummy. How normally Carrie's always the one who tries it before they're a sponsor. Factor is one that I tried before they were a sponsor and I fell in love. And I am a very picky eater, especially if anything is supposed to be kind of health wise, you know, like health the, it's like, oh, it might not taste good. This tastes yummy. And it's the holiday season. So you might be looking for a way to have some nutritious, convenient meals so that you have the energy to handle all the holiday business that you've got coming up. With Factor, that is the perfect way to do it. Yeah, because Factor is fresh, never frozen meals, and they're ready in just two minutes. Like literally two minutes on the microwave, and it is piping hot, ready to eat. So you can skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays for your regular meals while you're busy prepping for the big meals. 
You can choose between 35 plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that are there to support your healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. When you go to order, you pick what type of meal you want. So if you want uh, like a protein plus meal that has 30 grams of protein or more, or if you're vegetarian, or you want calorie smart meals that are less than 550 calories per serving, those are all options. So you really can tailor it to what you need. For me, I like the Protein Plus because I need just a little bit of extra protein to get me through the day. Same. Me too. I think my favorite meal, and I hate that I didn't take a picture of it, like the name of it, but it was this pork chop that was grilled to perfection. And it had like a sauce on it, kind of like sweet and soury kind of sauce. Oh my God. And then it had zucchini bites with it. Oh my God, it was so good. And Factor Meals aren't just for lunch. You can obviously eat them for dinner. They even have over 45 add-ons, such as breakfast items, juices, shakes, smoothies. And let me just say, the little juices that I got, so good. I really liked the strawberry banana one. Oh, so good. What was your favorite meal that you had? It was like a ground beef and cheese. With the green peppers in it? Yes. The, it came with green beans, too. And the green beans have like a little dollop of um, butter on them. That it's like a, It looks like an herb butter that melts when you have it in the microwave. And it gives the vegetables. First of all, I wasn't expecting vegetables to be with it. And I, like, I thought it was just going to be like the main portion and then the vegetable i was like oh my god what a great little extra dish yeah but that little pad of butter that's on it makes the veggies so yummy really you know it's good if me and carrie both agree on it (laughs) for real we don't agree on anything with food so right now you can get in on this action of these amazing factor meals by heading over to factormeals.com slash creep 50 and use code creep 50 to get 50 percent off that's code creep50 at factormeals.com slash creep50 to get 50% off. And I am telling you, it is so good and so worth it. Every single person at work that saw my meals said, wait, can you send me the code? Because I need to I need to get on this. This is those look so good. So you gotta join us. Go to factormeals.com slash creep50 and use code Creep five zero to get fifty percent off. Okay, the second story. Hello there, beautiful ladies. This is my first time writing into your or any podcast. Feel free to use names as I'll be keeping everything limited to first names only anyway. My name is Chelsea, and firstly, I have to say the compulsory thank you. You both keep me entertained through the long days of sitting at my desk and pretending to look busy when the boss walks by. I also have to give a shout out to my amazing friend Morgan, who introduced me to your podcast, which I was instantly hooked on. I love you, girl. I'm fully caught up and now listening to all the older episodes, like even before Colby. I feel like you two are long-distance friends of mine who I get to catch up weekly with. Love you ladies so much. Now onto the two shortish stories I wanted to share with you today. These are more true crimey, sinister sightings, and I'll write back in with my more supernatural experiences soon, but wanted to start with these. The first story takes us back to when I was in elementary school. I'm almost 30 now, so it's definitely time to tell this story. 
I've always been tiny, so I was an easy target for school bullies who wanted to feel strong. The biggest bully at our elementary school was a kid named David. This was his nickname and not his legal name, so I feel okay talking about this. He was mean and always had a pissed off look in his eyes. I have a really vivid memory from when we were in fifth grade. He pulled a third grade boy into the bathroom and the poor kid could be heard all the way across the recess lot. I remember teachers running in and I think the police or at least the school resource officer got involved. Unfortunately, he walked the same route to school as me and my brother. So often on the way to school, David would push us into the bushes or chase us yelling threats. I remember one day that my brother and I saw him before he saw us, and we climbed up a hill and hid in the bushes until he passed. We were late to school, but it was worth it not getting hurt. I'm pretty sure you get what type of kid he was at this point. So I'll move on to the real carbs of the story, not cock Donna, sorry, which takes us to 2017. A few years later, after all of us had graduated high school, it was a normal June day until everyone in our small town learned about what David had been up to. An elderly woman, a local grandmother, was walking back to her car after pulling cash out of a local ATM. That's when David attacked her with a hammer, fracturing her skull and causing massive brain damage. She thankfully survived. She even had offered to give the cash up, and he still did that. The next day, in another nearby town, he spotted another older woman leaving the ATM and beat her to death with a metal baseball bat. He was arrested when he returned back home. All in all, he got about $200 total from the attacks, which he said he intended to spend on some coke and a tattoo saying, Vulgar Display of Power. He's now in prison about 30 minutes from me, where he has life without parole. I really hope he's miserable and scared every single day of the rest of his life. My other story is much shorter, I promise. While still in high school, my friend dated a guy named Nolan that a lot of us thought something was off about. He was popular and had a lot of friends, but the vibes were off. A few months after they started dating, he goes on vacation with his family. Normal thing for a 16-year-old to do. They were gone for the weekend. He didn't come back to school right away that Monday, which was weird, but after a few days, he came back. The following week, he returned to school. He was arrested in the quad in front of the entire school. Turns out that once he and his family had arrived at their vacation cabin, he shot and killed his dad, stepmom, and eight-year-old half-brother. He then soaked their bodies and the entire cabin with gasoline. Their bodies were found after the fire was reported and put out. His whole reason for doing this was that he wanted to take over his father's construction company. He was sentenced to 150 years with the possibility of parole after 25. It should go without saying that my friend did not stay with him. Thanks for reading. I hope you ladies know how loved you are. I'll be sure to send in my supernatural stories soon too, but until then, creep it real and don't get scared. Unless there's a psychotic teen boy from California trying to kill you, then maybe get a little scared. Lots of love, Chelsea. I thought the guy with the elderly ladies was bad, but the freaking kid killed his family? For nothing to take over the construction business? Um, 
You're in high school. Yeah. Look, you know, I always say that I don't like old people, but I don't want bad things to happen to them. I mean, you're literally the worst of the worst when you prey on people who can't protect themselves against you. Like, if you prey on someone smaller than you or like more frail than you, like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. Fuck all the way off. You're the worst. And then also to kill his parents, but his half brother. I wonder if like the stepmom's family owned the company or something. And so he was like, oh, my half brother is going to get the business because he's her biological Mm, son. Maybe. But I mean, bro, you're in high school. Like, maybe go get your engineering degree or construction management degree and then take over the company. Right. Like, let's, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, these fucking people. I hate people sometimes. (laughs) Murderers, mostly. Yeah. Not you, Chelsea. And not your friend who got you into the podcast. Yes. Shout out. Yes. Thank you, Morgan. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, long-time listener, first-time caller. Freaking love it when people say that. It makes me giggle. My name is Cindy, and my family are avid campers. We live in beautiful Washington State and explore all over, but have one trip we take annually. This trip is to Lower Lewis Falls, which is a campground with a stunning waterfall and swimming hole. It is, however, very remote. There's not running water or electricity, and you have to drive about 30 minutes just to get cell phone service. In 2021, we were on a week-long camping trip there, and the first night, I had the craziest dreams. I suffer from sleep paralysis, but this felt different. The whole night, I was seeing shadows outside the tent in my sleep. As the night progressed, the shadows were pressing themselves against the tent and then somehow reaching through the tent. I was absolutely terrified, but didn't tell my family because I didn't want to scare my kids or my husband because he's really weird about stuff like that. The next day, my daughter was riding her scooter up and down the campsite driveway. She came running back looking terrified. When I asked her what was wrong, she said she saw a person that was all black. I said, oh, like a person in black clothes? She said, no, their whole body was black and they had no face. Trying to calm her down, I said, lucky you, you must have seen Mother Nature. She looked at me annoyed and said, it wasn't Mother Nature. Mother Nature is nice. This was not nice. I was at a loss for words. She was six at the time. We've camped so many places and never experienced things like this. We did finish our trip, but haven't been back since, mostly because we had a new baby and didn't want to camp that remotely. We plan on going back next summer, and I hope the forest spirits give us a little more peace this time. But if they don't, I'll share our next experience as well. Okay, Cindy, I love that it was like, well, you got to see Mother Nature. (laughs) That was actually a really smart response. It was. It really was. Like, sometimes you parents come up with shit real quick. (laughs) Like, dang, how do you come up with that? (laughs) Didn't fool her, though. She She was like, like, bitch, please. (laughs) Mother Nature, I met her and she's nice. I watched Moana. (laughs) This was the pre-Moana getting their version of that volcanic bitch. I wish I was a camper. I wish I loved that. I do not. But I don't. I am a cabin dwelling person, okay? I can do a camper. Like, I can, I, that's my roughing it, though. You're like, give me a cabin. I'm like, I could do a camper. Well, campers don't have bidets, so. I mean, okay, I could take my portal one. It's fine. I can make it. I can make it in a camper. But a tent? Nope. I can make it in a camper, but I don't want to hook up the stuff to clean the toilet and all of that. That's why we have Colby. <laughs> also, I have a CPAP. I can't camp in a tent. I'm going I'm to stop breathing. 
Y'all, Miracle Made is back. Winter's here, and that means struggling to find the right temperature when we sleep. Because y'all know me, I sleep super hot. Donna sleeps super cold. She's always cold now. Okay, I sleep cold by myself, but if I have someone next to me, I sleep freaking hot. Donna always talks about me being a furnace, but Colby is one too. With Miracle Made bedding, we are able to find our perfect temperature while we're sleeping. Because your temperature when you are sleeping can really impact your sleep. And when you don't have good sleep quality, that can really affect your overall health and well-being. And your mood. And if Carrie's in a bad mood, we're all in a bad mood. You're not wrong. But do you know what puts me in a good mood? Not having to wash my sheets as often because Miracle Made bedding is silver infused. And that was actually inspired by NASA. So you know it's smart. But what does that mean for us? Okay, so like your regular bed sheets can have more bacteria than a toilet seat. And all that bacteria can lead to stuff like a stuffy nose, your allergies acting up, even acne. It's just gross. Well, with Miracle Made, their bedding is self-cleaning and eco-friendly. So, but that helps prevent 99% of bacteria. Therefore, you get to launder it like three times less. Just think about it. You're sleeping on bacteria and bacteria can lead to clogging your pores. Who needs extra help clogging their pores just by sleeping on your sheet? Not I. I get enough acne on my face on my own. I don't need my sheets adding to it. But here's the thing. Yeah, it has all of these great qualities, but the best is that it is so soft and luxurious feeling. One of my coworkers asked me, do you really like your Miracle Made sheets that much? And I was like, yes, I absolutely do. They are so comfortable and cool feeling to me, which is the temperature regulation that I need. And if you love them, you want to give them to people that you love, right? And so that means that they're going to make the perfect holiday gift for your spouse, your friends, your family. Because who doesn't want to sleep in luxurious feeling sheets? But get this, right now, when you buy Miracle Made sheets, you can get three free towels. So really you're getting two gifts in one. So like you can wrap the sheets and then you can wrap the towels. And they think that they're getting two gifts and they don't have to know that you just got those towels for free. So you have to go to trymiracle.com slash creep so that you can either try it today for yourself or give the gift to someone special this holiday season. And right now, like we said, not only are you going to get the three free towels, you're going to save 40% off. And Miracle Made is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash creep and use the code creep to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. And again, that's trymiracle.com slash creep to treat yourself, a friend, or a loved one this holiday season. Okay, the next one. Hi, my name's Jess, and I love your podcast. Been listening for a while and decided to write in so you don't run out of stories. My brother passed away in January 2020. He was my person, and I was devastated. He was older than me by 11 years, so we really didn't connect until we were both adults. 
He moved away when I was young and came back to live years later. When we did bond as adults, I realized he was my missing piece. I don't get along with most of my family, so I felt like I'm mostly on my own until he moved back. He died of a suspected overdose. I have my doubts about his real cause of death, but that's a story for another time. A few months after he passed, I had a dream about him finally. We were in a big room with tables set up, almost like a big family party. I was sitting with my living family members, and he was sitting at another table. It felt so real, like no other dream I've ever had. There were people all around, but I was just looking at him. He looked young and happy. He was laughing and talking with the people at his table. I felt partly mad because he wasn't sitting with me and I turned to ask my mom why he wasn't sitting with us. She told me she didn't know why, so I continued to watch him, and then the dream was over. I don't know if it's too crazy or anything, but I feel like that was his way to let me see that even though he can't be with me, he isn't alone and he's okay. I have a necklace I wear to remember him by. I wear it every day, and and I find myself holding it frequently, asking him to be with me. I'll write in some more stories another time. Keep up the awesome podcast. It's almost like in your dream, you were projecting a little bit of how his life was. Like, because he was older, it was like he was like an outsider, not an outsider to you, but separated from you because he was older and y'all didn't get close until y'all were both adults. And then now that he's passed away, he's separated from the family. So like at the dinner, he was at a different table because he's not with y'all anymore. I don't know. I'm no Freud. No, I agree. Like when you said he sat at a different table than you and your living family members, I felt like, yeah, that was because he had passed. And so I think you're right, though. Like it's showing that, yeah, he can't be with you. And like, even though he would want to, he's still having a great time. And like you said, he has people around him and he just wanted to let you know that he's okay. Yeah, he's safe and he's okay. Though, I would have been mad, too, and been like, why is he not sitting next to me? Like, this is my dream. He's sitting next to me. In your dream, were you able to get up and go talk to him, or were you just, like, stuck there with the living family, and you couldn't talk to him? So, like, maybe that's how you actually feel, like you're stuck here, and he's there, and you can't go talk to him. Again, what do I know? (laughs) Sounds right to me. Okay, the next one. Sinister sightings, a long one. Sorry. Hey, lovely ladies, I found your podcast in 2021 and am obsessed. Still catching up during my crazy days, dog grooming, but oh boy, do I have some stories for you. Kidnapping attempts, ghost shaking buildings, shadow people right behind me. I've had a lot happen in 25 years, so here we go. I'll start with the first kidnapping attempt. The first? I live in a middle-class suburb of Chicago, and I always thought it was a pretty safe area as a kid especially when we had to compare it to Chicago being so close by. Well, my sister and I were playing outside in the snow at night, early 2000s, so no parents around, no cell phones. I was maybe nine and my sister was a year younger. It was slightly snowing, so it was very quiet outside. And we lived in a cul-de-sac, so all the snow from our street would get piled up in the center into a huge hill that we would just turn into a fort complete with tunnels, and cubby holes for us to stash stuff in. Anyway, we were digging around in the fort all alone in the quiet and the cold when a red pickup truck comes rushing down our dead-end street pretty fast. 
We knew all of our neighbors and didn't recognize this truck, but figured they were probably just lost. They slowed down a lot once they noticed us, though, and went around the circle very, very slowly, and I could feel them staring me down. I remember a cold chill going down my back as I stood on top of the fort watching them back. My little sister still digging and not paying attention. The truck sped away just as quickly as they came, and I thought, that was very odd, but at least they're gone, and went back to playing. Suddenly, I hear the familiar sound of the truck engine revving up at the end of the street again. My heart started pounding as I grabbed my sister's hand. The truck came blazing down the road again and went very slowly around us, just staring us down. Then it stopped at the opening of the cul-de-sac, which unfortunately was where our house was. I whispered to my sister, who was grabbing onto me at this point, having figured out something was wrong. Run to the neighbor's house, no matter what happens. Right when the door to the truck opened, I screamed as loud as I could muster in my tiny nine-year-old body. I started grabbing ice chunks from our fort that we were collecting and throwing them at the truck as the man got out and started toward me, but quickly changed his mind from the barrage of ice chunks being hurled at him. My sister had run to the neighbors at this point and was banging on their doors as the man sped off while I kept screaming. Once the truck was out of sight, I went and found her and found out our neighbors weren't actually home. I made sure she was okay and we ran home and told our parents what happened. They didn't believe us and said I was just screaming and making stuff up. A few weeks later, another girl in a neighborhood nearby reported a similar thing happening with a red truck. What would have happened if I didn't have the ice chunks? To this day, red trucks creep me out. A few years later, I was probably 13. I was riding my bike around my neighborhood, as one does, and a car with two men pulled up next to me. I remember them looking like the dudes from the Blues Brothers for some reason. Suits and all, but I felt like they were probably just wearing sunglasses. And my 13-year-old brain went, hey, remember that grown-up movie you just watched? And attached this to the memory. Anyway, they pulled up next to me and started asking if I liked my bike and if I wanted a new one and what my name is and where I'm from and stuff like that. Now, after the red truck dude, I became a little obsessed with true crime stuff. Law and Order was my shit. Most kids watch the Disney Channel when they got home from school but not me. Detective Stabler and Benson from SVU raised me. Anyway, I could tell that something was fishy right off the bat and just kept backing away from the car as much as possible. There's no heroics in this story, unfortunately. My neighbor came outside and the guys got spooked and went away, but what are the odds that happened twice? Now for the spookies. So in high school, I took a class where I had to do a report on an urban legend in the area, and of course, I picked a haunted location. In a neighboring town, there is this creepy car museum and antique shop that's full of creepy stuff from floor to ceiling. The Ghost Hunters crew investigated here at some point and found some creepy stuff. Well, teenager me thought, I can totally handle anything that's in there. It's probably not real anyway. Wrong. So me and two friends go to interview some of the employees and see if we can get any videos or pictures of anything for our report. We go and the antique mall is deserted and there's no one there but us and the employees. So we talk to the ladies for a bit and they tell us that they have seen multiple shadow figures moving through the countless antiques day and night. Things will be moved around in the mall all the time, no matter how many times they put them back. Security cameras break and malfunction constantly, especially when he appears. The man is a dark shadow figure who will scratch, pull hair, and shove people, especially women. He will follow you around and make you feel uneasy, and has even caused people to faint. Well, I didn't believe any of it. We politely listened, and I grabbed my friends and said, this is a joke, right? And kept wandering around. I should have not said that. We went up to the top floor of the mall, 
which was a loft slash attic they converted to more store. The room we were in was floor-deceiving shelves filled with glass figures and those precious moments type doll things. It was fairly narrow and you could only enter from the one end, so we thought it would be a good spot to record some video of us trying to talk to the ghosts. So we tried to do the flashlight yes and no questions, blink once for yes, twice for no. We started recording on my phone and at first it was so quiet. No responses to our questions. So I pulled a dibic douche and started taunting. I thought there was a big scary man here. This place is a joke. If you're here, prove it. Instantly, the entire room started shaking violently. It felt as though there was an earthquake and everything was shaking and rumbling in that room. All of those glass figures were rattling on the shelves and falling off and shattering around us. And all we heard was a deep guttural laugh from behind us where there wasn't any way anyone else could be there. We went racing down the stairs, absolutely terrified of what just happened and asked the employees if there was an earthquake or something. And they said nothing happened and they didn't hear anything till they heard us running down the stairs. They walked with us to check out the room since stuff broke and they said if anything broke, we'd have to buy it. And we went back up to the room and nothing was broken. All of the figures I watched shatter to the ground were back on the shelves completely fine. I grabbed my phone to check the video we recorded and my screen was shattered and the video gone without a trace. We went back down to the info desk and were talking to the employees again when one of them is staring behind us. You made him really mad because he is staring you down hard. We turned around to see a dark, very solid shadow figure with dark red eyes down the hall from us. We got out of there fast. Supposedly, according to local rumors, the building was on top of a hospital cemetery that they moved across the road. I bet they forgot some of the graves behind. I still can't drive past that building without getting chills, and I've seen the man in the windows staring at me. I will never go back there. My jerk teacher gave us a C on the report because he didn't believe in ghosts at BTW and because the video was lost and I didn't have proof. Anyway, I hope this wasn't too long of an email, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on my crazy encounters. Thanks for keeping me entertained while I make puppies beautiful or try to. Creep it real and don't taunt ghosts. Love, Star. Fun fact, my first school bus driver's name was Star. Really? Uh-huh. Well, that ghost was like, oh, you want to taunt me? I'll give you something to taunt. For real? Why you got to stay on that? That is stupid. You can't give somebody a C just because you don't believe what they wrote. Right. Yeah, that's You're, not cool. You literally asked them to do it on Urban Legends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're urban. Le- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Eighty percent of the ghost shows don't have anything on footage. I don't know. I don't watch them, but you get the point. <laughs> but like, seriously, that's silly. If you can't give somebody like what was the quality of the paper? You can't be mad at the content because you don't believe in ghosts. You had them do urban legends. That's stupid. That aggravated me. <laughs> I think that aggravated more than the kidnapping. <laughs> so, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But. For real, though, about the kidnapping, let's talk about that. Twice? Holy shit. But, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you thought on your feet and, like, lunged the ice at him and stuff, like the snow. But, oh, my God. Like, at least you made enough noise to deter him. Yeah, at least he was like, oh, this girl's putting up too much of a fight. But the girl that was from the neighboring neighborhood, uh, did she didn't get kidnapped. She just had the same experience. So I wonder, like, did he what what came of him? I don't know. I'm probably painted his truck. Ugh. But the, but then your parents not believing y'all. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. Did they believe you when it happened to the girl in the 
neighboring neighborhood that I keep saying oddly. <laughs> Girl, you know, if that was me, I'd been like, and and what's the word you want to say? You want to say you're sorry because uh, I almost got kidnapped. Like, insert clip from Will and Grace. Told you so. Told you so. <laughs> told you so. Honestly, though. Okay, last one. Hey, creep queens. Sorry you did not ask for that nickname, but that's what you got. It's your girl, Ashley, from GA. Quick, Carrie, name that state. Georgia. (laughs) That's what they said, and then said, love you. I've written in a couple of stories, but since you might be running out, I'll start sending in more. This one is a lot more sad than my normal one, but here it goes. Back in 2008, my youngest brother, Cameron, tragically died. He was hanging out with some friends at a place called Redneck Beach. It had been raining, and the creek was swollen. The exact details are murky because chances are that the people present were probably doing things that they had no business doing, were honestly in a place they had no business being, but I digress. For whatever reason, a young man decided to jump in, immediately realizing it was a mistake. My brother Cameron, who didn't even know the other young man, told them to dial 911 and jumped in to try to save him. Unfortunately, the water was too deep and moving too fast and swept them away. For a week straight, our families waited for them to be found. What started as a search became a recovery. This was the most tragic time in my family's life. We had to wait an excruciating seven days just to get closure that the baby of our family was gone. It's hard to fathom any 18-year-old risking his own life to save a stranger, but that's just who Cameron was. He will forever be a hero, and now he's our angel. I have always had and remembered my dreams and have had many experiences getting visits from my loved ones. One day, several years after Cameron's passing, I was sitting at the dining room table at our dad's house. He starts telling me about a dream he had where Cameron visited him. It took place at my Meemaw's trailer she lived in when I was little. Cameron had never even met her, but in the dream, Cameron showed up and was like, it's me. I'm here. When my dad told me this, I got chills and I bet the color left my face. Me and my dad had the exact same dream. That's all the proof I will ever need to know that our loved ones do come and visit us in our dreams after they pass. There is absolutely no other explanation. I can still play back that dream in my head. I can still see his sweet face. I miss him so much and I wish so badly that his life hadn't been cut short. To add another layer to this story, I also believe in reincarnation. My nephew Axel, who reminds me so much of Cameron, was born exactly one month after Cameron's funeral. And when Axel was born, he had fluid in his lungs. Cameron drowned. I can't call that a coincidence. It's such a tragedy for my family, but I will never pass up the opportunity to tell people what an amazing, selfless person my brother was. There's no greater love than this, that a man can give his life to save his friends. John 15, 13. Creep it real and believe in coincidences, Ashley S. That is heartbreaking to hear that your brother drowned while trying to save someone. And also like that they both drowned. That's so, ugh. It's just heartbreaking. You know what I mean? It's just because water is one of those things that terrify me anyway. But then how you said like it was swollen. And so it was, you know, just like I'm picturing the water had raised a lot. And like you said, moving very quickly. Yeah. 
That's just so sad. And I cannot imagine how you and your family felt for those seven days. Oh, that, that I would imagine would have been the hardest part. Yeah. And that moment when you are like, yeah, it goes from a search to a recovery. You know, oh my gosh, my heart is just with y'all. But yeah, also that you and your dad had the same dream and like a specific dream. Like y'all were at that trailer, places that he hadn't been. So it's not even like, a oh, that was a memory. Right. Well, your brother died a hero and that is something that you and your family can certainly be proud of. Thank y'all so much for sending in all of these stories. We love getting them. We love reading them. We hope y'all love listening to them. If you want your story read on an episode, send it in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com and send them in because we are still low. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared.